0: we evolved as storytellers. We didn't evolve with specific structured processes. No, we evolved through experiences. And in those experiences are our stories. When we were children, when we played pretend or whatever it is, we were creating this whole world, this imaginary experience that felt real and we would live it. And that experience that embodiment of the pretend the imagination was a story we were crafting and we were the characters within it. And so we've been using storytelling for as long as each of us have been alive as well as if we look back into human evolution and the way that cave people translated information through stories over the campfire. And so what I'd love for you to leave with in today's episode is not only a uh, appreciation for the power of storytelling, but also how to use storytelling for upcoming job interviews. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking, that's not applicable to me, I'm not currently in the job market, I want to share that the tips from today's episode, while the examples I'll be giving will be specific to a job interview, you can easily apply them to a business if you are looking to position yourself as a thought leader to potential clients. Uh, You can also use these tips when you are thinking about upcoming presentations that you have to give. So if you are a leader of a team and you want to bring people along and get them to stand behind or with you in terms of uh, the decision that you're recommending, these same practices from today's episode will help you to do just that. So if we think about the importance of storytelling in an interview context, there's a couple things that come to mind. The first is it creates engagement. If you think about what is a story, what is the structure of a story, a story has a couple key components. It has the hero. It has often the villain, whether that's a a person or a situation that's been villainized. It often has a wise sage or somebody that's that character. It has a journey, some sort of destiny that the hero is supposed to uh, complete, whether the hero knows it or not. And it has some type of resolution. There's some point where you can sit back and say, okay. It's been solved. And sometimes there'll also be a little bit of an impact or aftermath. And so those are all these different components of a story. And throughout this story, there's the main point of conflict, which is the problem that is trying to be solved, that the main character has set up their destiny. But then there's also these mini points of tension along the way. And I'm going to talk about how you build those in with your interview. But what this does is this process creates a structure within which our interviewers can easily know and fall into subconsciously. We've been telling stories our whole life. We've been listening and watching and living stories our whole life. And so we're very familiar with this formula, even if from a conscious perspective, we might not know it. And so what these stories do through this structured approach is it gives an opportunity for our interviewers to be engaged because it makes it easy for them to get excited, to get invested. If you simply answer an interview question with, oh, yes, I've done that before, or if somebody says, so tell me about a time when you had to manage conflict on your team, and your response is... Yeah, I managed conflict among team just yesterday. Uh I saw that so and so wasn't really doing their part and so I sat them down and talked with them about it and pointed out how they weren't doing well and then from that it resulted in them being more engaged in future meetings. That's not a very engaging story. I see this with my clients often. They they really want to be good and shine in their interviews. And so they prep to the point where they sound very mechanical in their responses. It sounds like, oh, you just plugged and played some practice response without any sense of aliveness to it. So it gets kind of boring when people just respond in a really formulaic way. Storytelling has room for the unexpected. Every story, yes, has that main arc of what's happening, but within that, there's these subplots, there's these deviations, there's times when you don't know what to expect. You don't actually know what direction it's going to go in. And so those are the moments we want to build in to our interview responses because those are the moments that create life that engage and enthrall the interviewer, that make it personal. Because what happens when you're hearing this journey, when you're hearing a story, well, you start rooting for the main character, whether they're personified as the underdog or as the high achiever or as Zeus or whoever it is, a princess, a queen, the the anti-hero, whatever it might be, you are rooting for the hero, In that story, and so when you tell the story and use storytelling as the way that you respond to interview questions, what you're really doing is bringing people into your team. You're creating a support mechanism in which the interviewers they're going to naturally want to root for you because you've engaged them, because you've made it personal, because through the storytelling they can start to pick out things that relate to them. And so, this is the last piece I want to share about why storytelling is so valuable to interviews. And it's that idea that when you tell a story, it's not about the other person directly, it becomes about the story. And so, the other person listening to the story can kind of take a seat back, they can let their guard down, and they can just listen and truly take it in without getting defensive. And so, when an interview were asked you a question about something you've done in the past or your philosophy around HR, if you're interviewing for an HR position and you weave storytelling into your response, you make it less of, of this thing for them to directly judge because you've, you've made it less about you telling them what they need and how could you possibly know? You're just in an interview. You haven't been at the company. You don't know the inside scoop. And so instead of giving advice from this super direct place, that might honestly make your interviewer combative because you're you're hitting them spot on. You maybe are even triggering their own insecurities about things going wrong within the department. And they might start to think, well, who do you think you are telling us what to do when you haven't even been here? If they have... wound from it or a strong ego defensive response to what you say because you're being super direct and in their face about what you think they need to do, it can shut them down and shut you out of being considered for the position. But if instead you use storytelling concepts and weave those into your response, it no longer is this direct confrontation about what you believe they should do or what you believe the correct philosophy is. And it instead becomes this opportunity for them to sit back and hear what you have to say without them immediately having to analyze if they need to come to their own defense or if you're trying to call them out for something because you've made it into a story as opposed to into a confrontation or even just into a, this is the right way. And that's the beauty of storytelling. You don't inflame their ego. You're giving them advice through the story that you share and through the ways in which you phrase your responses. But it's not done in a way where you're calling somebody out. And so that's what I want to share with you in terms of why storytelling is so valuable in interviews. So to recap what those were, One, storytelling creates engagement. Two, storytelling makes what you are sharing personable and fun. Three, that gets them rooting for you because you've involved them in the story. And four, they end up letting their guard down so they're more easily able to take in your input and your advice. So that is the value of storytelling. Now I want to talk about how to specifically do it in an interview. How do we use storytelling to be compelling, to be provocative, to be insightful, to be a thought leader, to be influential, to be magnetic in our interviews? Well, I want to start with the structure. Every story needs its hero. And in the interview setting, that's you. People don't always like to hear this because they don't want to feel like they're trying to take credit for everything. Some people don't like the spotlight. They don't want to seem arrogant. They also maybe truly don't see themselves as the hero. But for the sake of your interview experience and your responses, you're the hero. And your interviewers want you to be the hero because they want to hire someone to come in and save the day or support the team or help it thrive. They want a hero. They want somebody who's proactive, who's considerate, who they want to root for, which is the hero. So you're the hero of the story. You're the hero in your interview responses. The next thing a lot of stories have is a wise sage. So in the case of your interview responses, I do find there are times when you might not have somebody you consulted. But we could consider adding that in if it's relevant. So this is something that you might not have as a part of your response as a separate person. It might not be that you went and talked with somebody else to get advice. I will say, though, you can position yourself as the wise sage as well. The wise sage might be your own realizations, your own lessons and takeaways that you got from the experiences you had. That could be one way in which you bring that element in, even if there isn't an external person or team to represent it. Stories also have the villain. When it comes to interview responses, this does not mean you pick somebody, a difficult boss or employee or the company, and you make them bad because no interviewer is going to want to hear you alienate the team you used to work for because it just brings red flags that you could do the same to their team. And then they might switch you into the villain row. So instead, we want to see the villain in terms of the obstacle, not as a specific person. So let's say your interviewer asks you, tell me about a time when you had to deal with a difficult coworker. It sounds like the villain is the difficult coworker, doesn't it? But we don't want to position it that way. Instead, what we want to think of is the Villain is the obstacle of the difficulty working with somebody. It's not the person. It's the situation. We always want to depersonalize the villain because it helps our interviewers see us as a collaborative partner for their organization. Okay. So those tend to be the key characters within the story. Now, what we want to talk about is the arc of the story. It always begins with some type of setting. The once upon a time in a land far, far away. So we have the setting. And then they introduce the hero. Or they might introduce the problem first, depending on the story. They'll say there lived a girl. And her name was Belle. There's always a situation that's being set up in the context. It's pretty quick. It's not this long drawn out thing. Like if you think about Beauty and the Beast, there isn't a ton of time spent going into into Belle's past right in the context setting. And it might introduce pieces as you go, but it kind of gets going right away. We're using Beauty and the Beast as our example here. And so that is the beginning. They give you a setup point. They introduce the hero, they introduce the villain, which in our interview case is the obstacle, and we're making the obstacle and the villain kind of be the same, one and the same in this case. So we have this point of tension, and this is where destiny comes in. The hero tends to have some sort of destiny that the hero might not even know about, but It's their role. It's their hero's journey. And so in this case of the interview and you responding to an interview question, what we're talking about with the destiny is we're talking about your goal, your task at hand, what it is that you needed to overcome. You might also, as you're telling your story, share new insights you had of new realizations of things that you also had to overcome that you didn't realize in the first point. And so that's you showing your destiny, unveiling itself to you as you go on your journey. And within this journey that you're on, these are really the actions that you're taking. And the growth that you're having because of those actions. It's how you learn, how you become a new person within this journey. It's you evolving as a character, as the hero. It also might, it might be that your team's evolving or other characters aren't evolving. Sometimes the hero themselves doesn't change that much, but they impact all those around them. So if we tie this back to your interview, what you'll be doing at this stage is you'll be articulating what you did and also weaving in the different tension points that might be happening along the way. And so you don't just state, I did one, two, and three, and that's how I solved the problem. No, you say, I did one, and I didn't know if it was going to work out. And so what I then did was I went and I tried this new software, realized where the mistake was, made that change, and then the code worked. And so I made it into a story. I built intention. I built in conflict within each of those steps, and that brought the audience along that helped them to be invested. And then the last part is the resolution. This is where the big thing happens. So if we use our example, Beauty and the Beast, this is Belle kissing the beast and the beast turning into a human. And then we have kind of like the aftermath, which is the happily ever after. And that's Bell and Beast are in love forever, supposedly. (laughs) So that's the fairy tale. That's the vision. And so, if we think about this in terms of an interview response, we're sharing the result, what we resolved or what we created, and we're sharing the impact, how that impacted the team, the organization, yourself going forward. And so, I've told you the structure of storytelling and I've woven how interviewing fits in with it. What I want to do now is walk you through this full example. We're going to use the beauty and the beast as the key example here. As I tell you this story, I want you to notice and pull out all those key elements we just talked about. Here we go. Once upon a time in a land far away, there was a girl named Belle. And Belle lived in this small village. She was looking and longing for something more. And then one day, her father went out on an errand and never returned. Belle, concerned about her father, courageously left the small town that she knew and went into the dark forest. As she was walking in the forest, she came upon a castle. Inside the castle, she found her father imprisoned. As she was there to let her father out, a beast emerged and told her that she could not take her father out of the prison. Belle, distraught for her father and his health condition, which was going downhill, made a deal. She asked the beast, Okay, can I trade places with my father. The beast agreed, her father was released, and Belle was now imprisoned to live in this castle forever. As she was in the castle, she got to know the different characters. And as she got to have conversations with the beast, she was able to see past his gruff exterior, to see the heart, the human inside. And she began to grow fond of the beast. And to realize there might be something more. There might be a connection there that she hadn't seen before. As she comes upon this realization, she discovers a rose with its petals dropping. It has very few petals left. And throughout this time, little did she know Gaston, back in the village where she was from, was plotting to kill the beast, to vanquish this beast and be the hero. So Gaston had organized this whole army of villagers to come and raid the castle. They arrive at the castle. There's this ferocious battle, and Gaston attacks the beast, and the beast falls. In that moment, Belle sees the beast fall connected with her love for him, runs to his side. At this point, Gaston, through other wounds, I guess, had fallen or something. The villagers backed off, I think. I can't, I don't remember specifically. But Belle is sitting there with the beast. She kisses the beast to say goodbye. In that moment, a miracle occurs. These sparkles, these lights swirl around the beast and he transforms into a prince. Belle learns of the spell that had now been broken, a true love's kiss before the last rose petal fell and they lived happily ever after. Okay, did you notice the elements of the story? The setup, the introduction of the character, the introduction of the villain, The actions that occurred, the different points of conflict and release that happened throughout. The point when it seemed like all else was lost, the biggest point of conflict, and then the solution that was acquired. Then there was also the happily ever after, that end resolution, as well as some talk about the impact of what that led to. And so we can see it in Beauty and the Beast. Now, how do we apply this to an actual interview response? For those of you who've heard of the situation, task, action, result approach, the STAR method to interview responses to behavioral interview questions, you'll notice the STAR elements are within this. The situation, the task, the action, result, they're all within this. But if you just do the STAR response alone, it's very dry, robotic, generic. If you weave in what I'm telling you here with the storytelling, it makes it engaging, It creates a sense of liveliness, and it also uh, allows you to be influential and remembered for what you said. And so if you don't know what star is, just ignore what I just said. But if you are familiar with the star approach, you'll see how it complements the storytelling, and you can weave them within each other in order to have really impactful, punchy, provocative, inspiring responses to interview questions. And so now what I want to do is we've seen this in the fantasy. We've seen this story as the fairy tale. Now let's apply it to an actual interview question. So let's say you were interviewing for a lead training role or a lead learning and development role or HR role. And let's say your interviewers asked you a question like, tell me about a time when you created a training in response to the organization's needs. Let's now use storytelling in order to tell this. As I worked in the learning and development department at my last company, I was approached by leadership because they were noticing that a lot of projects weren't being handled well, deadlines were being missed, and it was affecting the organization's bottom line. And so what I wanted to do is before I just went ahead and created a training just about how to manage projects, I really wanted to know what was going on. And so I conducted a needs assessment. I went and I met with a small subset of the team members individually across these different sectors within the organization to really diagnose what was going on. And what I discovered were there were really two key issues that they were experiencing. The first, there were huge gaps in the communication process. And that was causing team members to duplicate their work over and over again and have to have the same conversations multiple times. And the second theme I noticed was that people were really stressed out. With those two key points in mind, I took them forward to the leadership team again and I let them know what was going on. And I shared with them my proposed approach heard some of their feedback, and created a two-pronged training program. What that training program included was first, I created a live workshop that taught everyone the Kanban model, which is that project management system. And through that, I also taught them a role uh, definition process that helped people have very clear roles within their projects. So that in combination with the Kanban approach allowed people to know who was doing what within the team and when and how they were doing it. Second, I had a group coaching call that was specific to stress and gave them some guidance on how to move through that. And I also coached the leadership team to help them understand ways in which they could better support their team leadership came to me and let me know that they had noticed a difference in terms of their team's ability to quickly and efficiently flex and move through projects. And really, when I zoom out beyond this to think about the bigger picture here, this not only allowed me the opportunity to design a training to impact the team, it also showed me the power of listening. Leadership thought it was a project deadline issue and they were not wrong, but there were so many nuances within that. And it, and it just rehighlighted for me the benefit of asking, of having an open line of communication. And so if you were to hire me for this role, that is an avenue that I'd want to weave in to your training department because it can create such a a bridge for people to have the support and resources that they need and for us to notice if they don't have it. Okay, you notice that response. There were layers to it, but it offered a structure. It wasn't dry. There were points of wondering, well, what was going to happen? What did she do? Did she figure it out? Did the team survive? What did she learn? Who is the villain here? Was it an issue with the team? Was it an issue with leadership? What happened? And in the way that I shared the response, I'm hoping that it it demonstrated that I wasn't trying to make the employees that were at the individual contributor level the bad guys or the leaders the bad guys. I was showing the ways in which Both had good intentions, and yet there was some gaps to overcome. And so I made the issue, the villain, the problem, the big conflict to overcome, be around stress and uh, project management inefficiencies. So now I want you to think about this for yourself. I want you to think about some potential interview questions that you could get. And if you're not sure, one way to help yourself see it is pull up a job description for a role that you're interested in and start to notice what some of the key themes are. I was recently doing this with one of my clients, and there was about five key themes that were coming up within that job description. It was about training design, strategic partnership, internal communication, continuous improvement, and recruitment. And so, those were the five things that this person would want to be good at. And so, and want it would want to demonstrate to their interviewers. And then, what we did was we had her come up with a situation, a story specific to each of those themes. And that way, she didn't need to guess every single question an interviewer was going to ask her. All she had to do was think about which theme that I identified does that question best relate to? And with that identified, she can plug in the story that she'd already thought through, not memorized, but knew who's the hero, who's the villain, what's the conflict, what's the actions, what was the result, what was the end impact, the aftermath of it. She could plug it in. And what that did was it gave her enough structure. To not have these really long winded, complicated, unclear responses while still giving her the chance to flex depending on the specifics of what the interviewer asked her. And so I invite you to do this for yourself. Come up with whatever those five themes are for you, ask yourself what story. What situation or example could you tell a story about related to that theme? And that will help you to understand the stories within your own responses. And this will help you to shape your responses to be engaging, to be magnetic, because everyone loves a good story. People don't love a boring story. So so you still don't want to be boring or dry, but... The storytelling nature lends itself to be more engaging.